This program is in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. Don't miss the call. Join the revolution of the evolving perspective of an awakened consciousness. Are you ready? Join the community at openandclear.com. Hopefully we have Mark on before we actually get started. <laughs> Life. Beware of false prophets. 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 Which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits entire wanting nothing if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him but let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven is Reverend Devon divine of false prophet for let not that man think that he shall receive anything sent here to Lord. lead us astray a doubting double-minded man is unstable in all his ways let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted but the rich or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom I'm dr. mark come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge thereof falleth and the grass of the fashion and decide for yourself then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we shall be. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. This is Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on this March 5th episode. Can you hear me okay? I can. I'm glad you made it. I did. <laughs> no time's all off over there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. By seven yes, hours, sir. I think. <laughs> it is. I was thinking, is it eight? Is it seven? Because I talked to my wife in California and it's eight. So I'm like, ah, oh, I got thrown off. Oh, good. How's it going? Pretty good. How have you been? Not bad, not bad. I was getting in the mood to do the Diamond Sutra, which is a little different depth of focus. So it's a little overdue, but. It's all good. You uh -huh. made it, so we have good conversation. 
Heck yeah. Gotta put it down. I've actually, I was taking notes of things that I was thinking while doing the, the Course in Miracles course. Things I wanted to chat about. Oh. <laughs> Get the good stuff. So, yeah. I figure if I can talk to you directly, that's even cooler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny, I, I actually get people complaining. They're like, yeah, I'm great. That I, I love that we get more depth as we talk to each other in person, and then you just tell me the same stuff in the course the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I, I recorded that a month ago, so... <laughs> Don't mean to do that. <laughs> uh oh, you're getting all staticky. Something changed. You still there? Yeah, my computer's slow. Can you hear me? Yeah. You think it's a computer? It's like the Wi Fi or something. Something. I just woke up. Nothing's gotta nothing can be the same around here. We gotta make sure everything's different all the time. Let's make a change. Yeah. <laughs> that always is. <laughs> yeah, I assume it's the service, but I don't know what it is. We can still kinda hear you. But not Entirely pleasant. <laughs> no way. That's super static. Yeah, maybe uh, reset the Facebook or browser and I'll call me back. You call me. Okay, I'll call you. Okay. Hey, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, sounds much better. There we go. It sounded awesome. good at first and then it just all of a sudden got staticky. So. The computer's just being silly. You gotta stop, you know, downloading movies while you're re re talking. Jeez. I know. I've got to turn everything else off. Oh, man. It's all good. So, mm. what kind of questions you got? I got a few. Well, uh, I the one thing that you said that was interesting, you were talking about how the one there's thing. the course and... Yeah. <laughs> when you did the course, you talked about how you accepted it totally as it was true without any doubt. And if anything in your life was conflicting with it, you know, um, you accepted the course as true and doubted the thing in your life, your life experience or something. Yeah. So okay. accept the course as being 100% true always, like in totalliness. <laughs> yeah, like... In the actuality of what that's referring to is that I don't comprehend how the other thing works yet. Like, it's all mm -hmm. acceptable. It's actually all good and all in correspondence with the Course. But the other things seem different. Some things seem to be talking about very obviously different ways of life and so on. Um, but when you really honestly completely accept the Course you recognize eventually it might not be right away and it doesn't have to be uh, eventually realize that it also is every other way it also is accepting of every direction and everything it's like that's that's the same way i say uh, all religions are true and i feel i feel like every religion is essentially the truth 
except for the parts that say some other religion is not true or something else is not right or do nots and don'ts and so on. That it's more about the acceptance part, always, than it is about the unacceptance. Because there's an infinite amount of variation that it's all true. Yeah, and to some degree, it's always a partial aspect of the totality of all that is um, to say it's any sort of specific way. And so to say it's any sort of specific way is simply just a perspective, like a universe that you're choosing to experience. Like essentially when you're choosing a religion, uh, what you're actually feeling when you're saying, oh yes, this is true, you're actually feeling the manifestation of that universe and shifting into it. So you're making that universe true and you're going to make that story true and you're going to experience that type of God and that type of ending and all sorts of stuff just to make it true. Mm. It's not necessarily the ultimate high truth because it's partial. And that's really the only reason. But I would say it's it's perfect and glorious for where it's at and that is within the ultimate high truth but just like the to say you know king of kings and say somehow it excludes all kings is absurd to me <laughs> you know it's like well all the kings have to be on the council of this king of kings and if you really take it into account of what that means because it's not just about you know ruling authority wise and having to say over everybody else. That's why when I put it into the dimensional perspectives, it's a little easier to comprehend. Mm -hmm. uh, each one, yeah, has different aspects, different variations, different universes that can be experienced. And every religion is true within those. But you're talking about very specific universes of very specific dimensions of experience until you reach that totality or close to it, and you recognize that it's all within the whole package deal, you know? This actually, it's related to the next thing I was thinking. Like you, you talk about when you choose something, you can like choose a new universe, an alternate dimension, and you can jump between dimensions, you know? Yeah, between universes, mm -hmm. but yeah. We do it all yeah, the time. Between, yeah. 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 And so you do that by accepting something as being true and then it becomes true. You, be, you enter a universe and where that is true. Yeah, when you resonate with something that's the truth to you, um, it's mm -hmm. essentially you're, you're recognizing, oh, that's a truth of what I see the universe to be. And so you're actually just discovering what you've already decided to be your universe. Uh, to jump and choose between them is actually simply to change your mind and you manifest a different reality, a different universe. And that's so, done by making a choice. Yeah, it's not so much as in a superficial choice of, yes, the probabilities of turning left and right and is going to change your outcome, uh, but it's more the factor of you know, why did you choose right or why did you choose left? You know, it's like the belief that 
you think it's going to come from it. And it's the same with the likelihood that you make a body decision anyways because you're choosing to believe that you're this body that can turn right and can turn left. So it's not just like a superficial choice then. It's like an actual deep-held yeah, belief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why the deep, deepest essence, aside from your just existence, is your desire. That your desire then develops your belief systems by what you want. So this desire for truth is going to start shifting and changing and adjusting your belief systems on what is your called reality. Then the thoughts are manifest of them. You think certain things because you believe certain things. Mm. We, we desire this separation in, in a sense, so we then develop beliefs of having these separate bodies, separate situations, and then we have thoughts that are separate, our emotions are separate, our lives, situations that are separate. Because we've talked about how, you know, the laws of physics and stuff are just beliefs that we hold. And if we were to really change our beliefs, we could even transcend those laws of physics. Yeah, that's essentially going into a different universe, meaning there's different laws uh, that apply to it. So even as like the law of gravity not being the same constant in which we insist it is, uh, it's you know, an actual universe where it's experienced lighter or differently, that, say, even if it was a mass consciousness that's choosing it differently, it will literally be shifting and changing into a different universe. So it's not like uh, changing into a different universe is something extreme that you're going to notice. It's, it's constantly happening. And while we do maintain kind of an idea, you know, usually... But it's a gradually shifting, gradually changing, almost constantly. And yeah, we do mm. come back and in and back and forth. And whenever we see something, say, experience something mystical, we usually shift it back into this world, you know, trying to prove that it happened and in a place where it can't happen anymore. So it's a little tricky. But it's a, it's a gradual process, you're saying? Kind of, a gradual process that you're doing all the times. So it's mm -hmm. more like when you keep a certain belief system, you're just uh, choosing, a say, a timeline. Think of it as a path, a timeline you're walking on. But as you're shifting your beliefs, uh, you know, we actually, when we have something specific, we usually kind of vary a little bit, say, five degrees left and five degrees right onto different paths, different timelines. And uh, this is the same thing as far as the universe is, is concerned. And that your beliefs isn't very specific, but you keep going back to the same ones, uh, expecting different results, usually. Quite literally. And you can't expect miracles if you don't change your beliefs about what is solid and what is real so I've been thinking a lot about like what is it that we hold on to that keeps those solid beliefs so solid inside of us? Yeah. Is it just like a belief of our world? 
Well, it is essentially everything that you've ever thought and everything you've ever believed and layers upon layers of what it is. But essentially, as far as what the physical world is representing is a few of those layers which of that knowledge of good and evil started, you know, they <laughs> begat uh, whole nother experiences of beliefs and thoughts of both directions of good and evil and so on and so it's hard to see that it's all the same one decision it's like uh, you know the foundation of it that it, it's like an upside down pyramid of having hundreds and hundreds of bricks on top and you have to get down to that core essence of what it's actually referring to and so the course is looking at all these separate bricks as what you refer to as resentments and grievances and upsets with other people and you use them as the evidence of revealing to yourself what the eventually this core essence of that belief system that started to derive a physical universe mm -hmm. and so those <clears throat> those resentments and things that we hold on to that creates our world around us. Uh, well, it yes, in a way, uh, it's kind of like those are indicators that you're creating the world the way you see it. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, you can only have resentments in a fact that you believe something is separate from you, just like in that sleeping dream experience. You can only argue with someone in your sleeping dream if you don't think they're you and your will. You know, and what you want to be done. And if you recognize that you wanted this to happen this way, or Jesus recognized that he wanted Judas to betray him, and he wanted this crucifixion to happen, he would go along perfectly with the, the story, not resisting it. I mean, he designed it and made it, wanted it to happen. Hmm. I just find myself, like, wanting a change in my world. And, like, Big changes I can see would be really difficult. Like to remove the law of gravity or change the sky to green or something. I'm like, man, that's such a firmly held belief. I, that's beyond <laughs> what I could do. Why green? <laughs> it's like, this isn't Uno. You can't just put down a wild card and change. <laughs> I choose green. <laughs> and we do want to do that mostly because we want to say that we you know, we don't want it to happen. We actually don't want it to happen. So we make it an extreme idea to essentially prove that it doesn't exist or that it's not possible instead of taking the baby steps necessary to actually discovering that. And so this course is really based off of those baby steps and taking those baby steps and it will reveal it eventually and to recognize that actual truth, say that authority in which Jesus recognized, then it, it would naturally, I mean, you can ch make changes like that. I mean, it's even referred to as, you know, the lawless one or the Antichrist is going to be even changing the calendar <laughs> to an extent where literally changing the hours of the day. And so it's just a it's a process that takes baby steps. Yeah. Mm. Like I as I'm going I, through, I mentioned okay. the Antichrist, and to me, I, I got to point out that to me, 
it, it, there's no such thing as an anti, uh, you know, creator of the universe. It's like it's developed like that, so it, it's actually just another realization of Christ. It's it's funny how we have a culture now that believes in the same type of reasoning in which crucified Jesus for. And no, he can't be God. He can't be one with God because God is said to come to, from the heavens. And uh, so so that whole blasphemy of, of him claiming to be one with God uh, was, you know, just absurd. And now we have religions that also, in the same sense, believe that same man that did exist before will come down from the heavens again. And anybody that claims this state of Christ uh, is absurd and blasphemous because they're not coming from the heavens and the proof that they are God and would probably be crucified over it. So, anyway, I just find that humorous. <laughs> it's a good point. I'm thinking that, like, I'm, I'm in this lesson and it says, my mind is part of God's and I am holy. I'm like, man, my mind is part of God's. <laughs> like, all I see is my little brain, you know? I'm trying to to wrap my head around that and to, like, change universes to where I can see that, you know, and accept it. I'm wondering, like, what's stopping me? Like, how do I, how do I move into a belief where I can do that? That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's... That's what you're doing as far as confronting the resentments and the grievances. It's essentially might be easier to describe it in psychological terms, which is something I feel like you you grasp a little bit better than universes. Um, as far as even the what separates you from your unconscious subconscious mind and the awareness of its trillions and trillions of bits of information opposed to your conscious little aspect of your mind that, you know, is saying, oh, I'm aware of my little mind, but it doesn't define the fact that the subconscious unconscious isn't happening. So the separation is actually these resentments and grievances where it's essentially saying uh, that the reason the subconscious is there is so that you can be protected from what you don't like. And as you have don't likes, you will need this protection. Uh, it's all hidden in your subconscious mind. If you don't mm -hmm. have these dislikes and resentments and grievances according to what you remember and everything and apply it to your day, you can become aware of your subconscious mind. Once you get rid of those grievances and stuff? Yeah, that's the barrier between it. And they, they can come and go, you know, it's, it's not like, yes, you meditate and you, you stop reacting to these uh, things you, we call pains and crazy ideas that are coming up in meditation. They're just manifestations mm. of these same things, these negative uh, resentments and grievances and essentially belief in uh, an opposite to perfection and purity and peace and and as you just simply are choosing beyond them, you're, you're drifting down, drifting down into that subconscious awareness. Yeah, you can cling back to the ladder again. You know, you can cling back onto it over and over again. But essentially, 
if you know it's a practice until you fully recognize it happening right i was talking to my roommate today and he's having a a lot of problems with his girlfriend and they're fighting and he's with his you know her family there's tension and he wants to break it off and then they're back together and break it off and back together <laughs> it's causing him a lot of stress <laughs> and so we were talking about it and he's like yeah man i'm having weird dreams lately and he was telling me about a, a dream that he had last night and the imagery and you know the fear of falling off this cliff and all these things and to me it was really clear i was like oh well that's you not wanting to face the feelings that are deeper down inside of you. You don't want to fall down into the realization of those feelings, you know? I'm like, yeah, you're not being honest with yourself about how you really feel about this girl. You're clinging to what you think you should be doing, but you're not ready to face that. <clears throat> and saying that, and his eyes kind of like glaze over, and he's like, I don't know, it was this weird response, and like he realized that there is a bunch of stuff that he's not willing to face. He doesn't really want to see these things. But like bringing it up to him almost shocked him a little bit he's like oh i've got to go <laughs> i realized like there's a bunch of stuff that we have that we're not ready to face and that does separate us from being able to see these deeper truths and so i've been thinking today like how do you how do you start facing the things how do you start being ready to see those things that we don't really want to see that we're hiding from just be open to it or something yeah, I mean, it's little by little, even that definition of being open to it changes because we think we're open to it. But just like he he doesn't realize that telling you about the dreams was being open to it. He didn't realize he was exposing all of this stuff that he didn't want to expose on a <laughs> conscious awareness level. But, you know, the same thing giving him the dreams is the same thing that convinced him and thought it was nothing. <laughs> to come and tell you about it and then because it knew you know this subconscious mind knew that you would assist in this real realization mm -hmm. so we're we're being guided by this naturally because it's somewhat of a, a a bridge to the you know say super conscious mind which is aware of further expanse of anything <laughs> that this human being could even subconsciously be aware <laughs> and it guides us through to situations that are uncomfortable but as as much as we can handle at a time yeah they're only uncomfortable because we have those barriers of saying we dislike this or we don't like that and we don't want this or not with that person and so on and it's mm. You know, it's only those things that keep us from realizing that we love this and we do want this. <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing when you do recognize it. Everything that you once thought was so disastrous and full of hate and you disliked uh, and have tried to avoid so dr drastically and uh, locked yourself in your house to avoid and, and <laughs> stop talking to and, and secluding yourself from friends and, <laughs> you know all this stuff to protect yourself is you know something that you actually want it's it's pretty phenomenal as, as he was telling me about that he's 
you know, it kept him up all night. He had this adrenaline and this epinephrine pumping through his veins all night. He was hanging on to this thing and so scared to fall into the abyss of his dream. And I thought of you saying, you know, turn around and face the monster that's chasing you. Like, what would happen if you just let go and fell into the abyss? It's not really there. It's all in your mind anyway. Yeah. Yeah, experience the abyss. <laughs> Yeah, it is a deep aspect of your mind. Fall into it and see what's down there. Is it water? <laughs> is, is it a trampoline? <laughs> is it your death? On the spot. Like, Dead. Oh, that, <laughs> that one's not funny. That one's serious. It's serious. Super serial. <laughs> serial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm learning more about dreams and meditation and just the imagery and stuff that it shows, you know. Yeah. We, it's we get so emotionally involved in it, <clears throat> even though we know we're dreaming. He said it was interesting. He's like, I knew it was a dream. I was walking around. I knew it was a dream. <laughs> and in the dream, he he started going blind and he couldn't see and the floor was disappearing and he was going to fall. And he kept telling himself, this is a dream. You know, I've got to wake up. This is a dream. But even though he knew it was a dream, he was so afraid of the unknown and the darkness and falling through and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be scary. I mean, <laughs> is it really unknown? <laughs> right. Say the reason we think it's unknown is because we're hiding it from ourselves and so we're actually afraid of what we know is there mm. and that's the fear I mean we think it's unknown but that's the only reason it's unknown is because we want to disassociate ourselves from it to have this little experience of a person and and questioning our reality So we're only really afraid of what we think is going to happen. Oh, my death is coming. Even though we know it's there. Hmm. That's what we think we know, anyway. It's a little tricky. A little circular, circular experience. Right? <laughs> I think it's it's interesting to go in with a couple of like fundamental truths from the course, you know, like nothing has any meaning, nothing can really hurt me, you know, I'm one with God. Yeah. Just to remember some of these basic basic things when I'm facing like a dream or something like that. It's like, oh let's let's take that and run with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially what you need to do with anything we we have certain principles that we apply to what we're experiencing and literally develop into that to make it make sense and then we come from that and the only issue is that usually we've developed these fundamental pr principles that we apply to our reality according to uh, false ideas false beliefs about what is actually occurring so, I mean, we're in this constant communication and conversation of this holographic universe, which is literally God, and the way in which we communicate with it 
However, we filter it through these ideas that we're dealing with other bodies, separate little bodies, separate things that are that can be alive and not alive, and and it's it's pretty phenomenal because we uh, can't see it as it as actually is, being so obsessed with a specific dimensional perspective, mm. and yet it remains to be the same thing, and it's constantly attempting to speak to you and share its love and show you itself. And that's what it's doing is trying to show us love all the time. And then we misinterpret it or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, it is its love. Like it is the way in which it loves. And then we filter it through to make it seem like other things. Bodies, pain, relationships, communication, technology that sucks and <laughs> it's like my wife uh, she sent me a video of my daughter yesterday my two year old she's uh, on the ground throwing a fit because there's a water bottle um, that's in the other room with grandma but grandma's changing and so the door's shut and my daughter's freaking out Ooh. so my, my wife tries to pick up my daughter and take her to the kitchen where you know there's the Costco bag full of the other water bottles there's a hundred other water bottles in the next room She's trying to be nice and show my daughter, like, oh, come on, there's, let's, you know, come with me. I'll show you. I'll bring you what makes you happy. But my daughter was freaking out. No, don't pick me up. I want water bottle. Oh. Yeah. No, like, really. How do we get through to you? Yeah. Yeah. It's insanity. That's for sure. <laughs> I feel like that's me a lot of the time. I'm like, no, God, I want it this way because I want to be happy. God's like, yeah, but this is happiness. Just let me do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, this is happiness. Like we just have this assumption as well through through this. Yes, it's happening this way, but I want it differently. Mm. So. Even as people ask me, well, how on earth and why would you come back from ascending into that place and recognizing that truth? And, uh, you know, essentially, in a way, I have never come back. I mean, it, to me, it's all different now. You know, it's not this like I, I'm one among many anymore. I'm a many in one. <laughs> uh, and it's a totally different experience. So uh, to say I come back, it's... You know, I I can't get back into the third dimensional perspective, even though the sixth dimensional perspective is physical as well. It's just completely different laws, but it's a different place, like mm. perspective. <laughs> it knows different, it perceives different. That wasn't very clear, was it? <laughs> so when it, you say you came back, you didn't come back to your old perspective. You came back with a new perspective. Yeah, and it is definitely a new perspective. Uh, it depends on your definition of perspective as far as uh, do I perceive physicalness and bodies 
yes. But do I see them as separate things uh, and, and beings of their own? Uh, no, not at all. That's, it's just like referring to each synapsis in your brain as separate, you know. Yeah, they're separate. They have different functions, different memories, different things happening. But it's one brain. And so you can, when you go about your life now, you see that deeper truth of the wholeness of everything. Yeah, it's like seeing the big mind in which we're all just little synapses charging in the same one. Different functions, same one purpose, same one experience. One way so of I, explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to look up that uh, Vipassana meditation group yeah. that you were talking about. Yeah. And you have to like book out way in advance and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it looks really good. I think I'll do it when I get back. But there wasn't anything open here for a while. So I've been doing uh, just meditation practice on my own and trying to make a regular practice of it and kind of build up those mental muscles. And I was, I was doing it yesterday, and I kind of got in, and I got really deep in, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go deep into myself, and I'm all alone, and I shut the door, and I locked it, and I, I made sure I have time alone, and I'm all by myself. Okay, good. <laughs> and I'm meditating, and I go deep down into myself as I start to relax, and I really get into it. The more I went into it, I found myself like amongst a whole bunch of people. I was so irritated. <laughs> It was like I was in a shopping mall when I'm in this meditation. I'm like in the shopping mall full of people in there, but busy moving all around. And I'm like, no, it's I'm supposed to be in me and I'm an isolated thing. I'm by myself. Who are these other minds in here? <laughs> it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, why do you want to get isolated? Yeah, it shifted my paradigm. I thought, you know, I've got to be alone. I've got to be separate. I have to be like in, in the quiet mind of by myself. And then there was all these other people. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's funny. Maybe I'm not alone. A lot of people think, oh, no, you can only meditate in this way and you know, this music or silence or something. And then someone's mm -hmm. making noise upstairs or in the other room. And you're like, oh, and it, it, that's distracting. And it's it's humorous to think of it like that because um, you're not meditating. I mean, you might be practicing, and that's great, but uh, eventually, you know, it's all going to be feeding the meditation. It's all going to be, you know, say your music of the universe, and opposed to, you know, it's separate from me. Uh, I want seclusion. I want separation in, instead of... You know, I want to experience everything. And you recognize that the noise is in your mind. And you're not actually separate from the noise. It's not occurring uh, any more than your thought of it is occurring. And there's a reason the Buddha referred to the sixth sense is your thoughts. And it's feeding you information just like any other sensory perception. Hmm. So when you when you learn it, everything becomes part of that meditation then, even the distractions and stuff. Yeah. 
it, it's practice meditation until you are literally in this say state of meditation anywhere and everywhere that's mm. what I'd say is referred to in in the Bible I think Psalms somewhere about praying without ceasing it's not like you're necessarily constantly you know praying verbally words to God but the recognition that you are constantly in communion with God and your lesson today is about that being you know I am an aspect of the mind of God to whatever degree I think of myself Even in the waking dream of going to work and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, it's trippy. I mean, a lot of people, as far as coming from any, a lot of different religions, think of it as very blasphemous or just completely absurd to think <laughs> that my sin and unholiness is an aspect or part of God and I'm corrupting God right mm-hmm. that, that's like essentially the whole reason you think you're separate from God you don't think you're worthy of it and that comes back to the whole reason Adam and Eve hid in the garden when they realized they were naked because they could see now opposition between them and everything else in that order too does that opposition not actually exist then yeah no it's it's simply for the manifestation of this type of experience Mm. it gives us this experience yeah it's not like an actual place it's the same place in which God is and yet another dimensional perspective is looking at that same truth original truth before the garden and then the whole development on top of it it's an alternate perspective a literally a way of seeing it differently even though we never we never left God yeah and even just the factor of telling the story and referring to God walking in the garden and even Eve being separate was all really the understanding after the fact of the knowledge being taken like it was actually the will of God that it would be done referring to the son of God Mm. so it's trippy especially when course students try and understand this they're like whoa no no God doesn't know anything of this dream and I'm like yeah no but if you're referring to God as any sort of being that's separate from you that knows this dream you're not referring to the totality of God you're referring to a partial idea of an individual universe one of those kings that would be on the council opposed to the king of kings Mm. it's tricky man (laughs) (laughs) I find it enjoyable to see bubbles pop or I say minds blown 
to realize that, oh, I'm just air on the outside as much as I was air on the inside. I just thought I had this membrane that kept me separate. <laughs> We're sitting here trying to find God and trying to reconnect with God, but we it's really about re- huh? <laughs> I I said we. We. Oh, okay <laughs> cut you off there sorry but it's like the realization that we were never disconnected we were never away from God we were yeah. never lost yeah there was no we to begin with yeah and so that's where that membrane comes up again and that it is quite literally resentments and grievances decisions uh, definitions and it develops our world to look like this if you break those say have those no more guarding the the knowledge of the tree of life then you'll recognize that it's always been here And metaphors, jeez. <laughs> Helpful, but they fall short. Yeah, all metaphors break down. I keep thinking of it as like a course I have to take. <clears throat> Even this course that I'm doing with you, you, you always remind me at the end of it, you know, <clears throat> at the end of every lecture or something. You're like, yeah, today's the day. You don't even have to finish the course. You don't have to finish this lesson. You don't have to finish this sentence. You could awaken. You could just turn around the wrong corner and bam, you're out. <laughs> and the ego thinks that's referring to death. <laughs> it's like, you could die at any time. You can turn around I the could corner die. and just get hit by a brick. Oh. Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I keep instinctually thinking, though, I'm like, I've got to finish this course. And at the end of this course, they're going to hand me a diploma, and the diploma is out. I'm going to be out. <laughs> but the belief that I'm in trying to get out is what's holding me in. Yeah, that's <laughs> what's in. Yeah, that's the in. It's thinking that you need to get out. <laughs> Instead of realizing you're not out, you're not, you're not in. You're, you're, you're exactly where you've been the whole time. Right. Tied up in a rubber room, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's fun. It's fun. It's a fun experience. And something I was gonna. I was my toddler's trying to get in the door. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I like it. We'll take it. And thanks for making it finally. That's good. Yeah, sorry, I lost track of time. No big deal. I was getting excited about doing Diamond Sutra, though. I'll have oh, to dang. try and do it later. Been doing this other course, you know, so much. And anybody listening, if you're interested in the course we've been referring to, it, in its essence, is a course of miracles. But there is deeper aspect of applications in which you join with me through audio and video and in discussions six different parts throughout the day to make it an intense version 
uh, I like to refer to as the proof and evidence uh, within yourself of the what I've achieved myself from it as far as referring to ascension and full realization. So, uh, you can find out information about that at openandclear.com O-P-E-N-A-N-D-C-L-E-A-R dot com and you can contact either Dr. Mark or myself and you can ask him about his real opinion there. How do you really feel? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mark, thank you again. Thank you. (laughs) And talk to you later. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk. Sorry. (laughs) Keep cutting you up. Bye bye now. Cut me off. (laughs) I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks.